Welcome to the ER Break Room, the University of Florida Department of Emergency Medicine's podcast. In here, we get to know each other, celebrate our achievements, and highlight our initiatives. I'm your host, Michael Petrauskas. I'd like to start by recognizing two individuals in our department who have won awards this month. The first is Dr. Jeffrey Katz, who was named one of the 2023 Quality Heroes. Dr. Katz was nominated for the Outstanding House Staff Quality Award by his colleagues for his work to improve sepsis care, and he's going to be attending the Heroes Recognition Dinner next month. Jeffrey has a joy of life that is contagious, and his patients are fortunate to have such an advocate in their corner. Second up is Ms. Allison Gozman, who was nominated by staff and faculty for the Superior Accomplishment Award at the divisional level, and not surprisingly, she won. I personally am struck by Allison's professionalism, her hard work, and her creative ideas. Congratulations to both of you, Jeffrey and Allison. We're truly lucky to have you two in our department. So the first person I want to bring onto the podcast today is one of our third-year residents, Nupur Basu. And Nupur decided to wait till after everyone else matched the fellowship and <laughs> uh, now has an announcement to make of her own. So Nupur, welcome. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Welcome, welcome to the podcast. So tell, tell us, what, what, uh, what fellowship did you apply to and where did you match? So um, I'll be doing sports medicine uh, at the University of Arizona in Tucson. Nice. Have you ever been to Tucson before? I have not. Um, the only time I've been to Arizona was uh, when I went to the Grand Canyon with the family. Um, but I'm pretty excited. Uh, and I think I'm going to go visit in uh, like the end of April, early May, um, since I'm going to the annual sports medicine conference in Phoenix as well. Oh, very cool. Nice. And what, um, what attracts you to sports medicine? And uh, were there any kind of uh, influential uh, people here at UF or mentors that really piqued your interest in sports medicine? Sure. Um, I guess the reason I liked sports medicine was um, they just really doesn't feel like work. It's kind of something that I would be doing on my own time anyway, like going to sporting events or um, watching various games or matches. So anytime I was out there um, on the sidelines, it just felt like very much at peace and it was very enjoyable. Um, And then when things do pop up, you know, that like little ER person inside of me feels ready to go. Um, so I think it was just a good match overall. Um, in terms of mentors, uh, Dr. Altman and Dr. Kravis were both, uh, very helpful, uh, during this whole process. Um, Dr. Altman's been around since I think before my intern year and then Dr. Kravis was the fellow last year. And so I've covered some stuff with them, um, worked with them. Yeah. They're both awesome. Clinic. They're, yeah. Yeah. So. I love working with them on the ER side too. Yeah. They're, 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 they're fantastic. No doubt. What okay? You mentioned to me your dream job. Please share with everyone because this is kind of <laughs> okay. So a dream job um, would be to work for the UFC and travel and um, cover fights. So we'll see if that's a pipe dream or if that's something that actually happens somewhere down the road. <laughs> so clearly not afraid, not afraid of blood. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> okay, good deal. That's a good trade of an of an emergency doctor and a sports medicine doctor. So um, that, that's, that's exciting. Well, you'll have to let us know how it goes, and hopefully you, won't, you, can, um, you, know, you won't forget us when you make it big, and you can distribute some <laughs> tickets to your old, your old colleagues and friends. Oh, absolutely. All the tickets. <laughs> Good luck to you, Newper. All right. Thank, thank you. So today's featured guest is Dr. Rose Fernandez. She is a full professor. She is the Executive Vice Chair of Academic Affairs and Faculty Development 
And she's also courtesy faculty for the UF Department of Industrial and Systems Engineering. So Rose, welcome. Thank you. Super excited to do this. A little cool. nervous, but excited. Hey, that's that's all right. We, I, I don't know. I, I always get a little nervous too before an interview. And I think it's a good thing because it uh, I think it focuses you in and makes you, makes you think about what you're going to say and, and uh, hopefully have a good connection with the person you're talking to. Awesome. What do you think? Yeah, so, sounds good. Okay, so I want to start by asking. So, your first of all, your first your full name is Rosemary, correct? correct? All right. So this, I have to go back to like where you're you're from and stuff. Is the, did your parents call you Rosemary, or are you always gone by Rose? No, my parents called me Rosemary mm-hmm. um, when I was younger and in sports. My uh, my teammates called me Rosie, and <laughs> but I've been Rose forever. But I've been called Mary Rose. Rose Rosemary is a big one. Um, so Rose makes it easier for people. Okay. All right. And you seem to like Rose. That's what you introduced yourself to me when we first met. So yeah, it works. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, we're, um, oh, by the way, I just want to say, I'm, I, I'm, I was really excited about interviewing you because every time I've had a conversation with you, or even when I interviewed with you to come to UF, you have been very, uh, deflecting of attention from yourself and like, you're very selfless. I feel like, so this is a, a welcome opportunity to shine a spotlight on you and your life. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so, so where are you from? Tell me about your upbringing, your childhood. Yeah, so I grew up in New Jersey. Um, my mother still lives in New Jersey. My father passed away quite a while ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a brother who's a high school teacher now and <laughs> lives in New Jersey and a sister who's a hand surgeon actually, um, now. So we, uh, we're sort of an interesting bunch. Um, and I lived in the same house when I was born to, I, I was not born in that house, but I w- lived in that house <laughs> until I went off to college. So, uh, central Jersey is definitely home, although I haven't been back there for quite some time. Okay. But your mom, your mother lives there, you said. She does. She does. Does she, does she come down to visit here? She's been to visit a couple of times and she's, been out she was out to Seattle when we lived there so she's gotten around okay all right so all right so you see from from New Jersey and then um I uh I heard from I heard from Dr. Patterson that you um you had a scholarship offer in a certain sport is this correct yeah so I was a gymnast many many moons ago it doesn't look like anything that you'd see if you go to a UF gymnastics meet now but um, I uh, almost went to the Air Force Academy, actually, to do wow. gymnastics and um, ended up deciding that wasn't what I wanted to do. It was, you know, the kind of thing that when you think about it in your gut, it just doesn't feel right. And it didn't feel right. So probably mm-hmm. best. Um, I'm not sure that command structure is my best thing. So probably mm-hmm. best I ended up not there. Well, then tell me about tell me about gymnastics then. Did you, you must have gotten into that as a child? Yes. So I started out in, you know, the usual little tap and ballet things that little girls do. But what I really Mm. liked was the the forward and backward rolls we did afterwards. And so um, I started doing gymnastics and then was competing and um, really enjoyed it for a long time. Nice. I I, uh, actually my my spouse and I, Charlotte, and I have gone to two meets now at University of Florida. And I before this season, I have never seen a gymnastics event live in my life. And we, we absolutely love it. And Giuliano, as you know, is a huge, mm-hmm. a huge fan and a photographer. He's on the floor for all the meets. Um, and uh, we've just been blown away. So 
and I'm, I'm just really starting to appreciate the different events. So I have two questions about that. What was your favorite event of the floor and what, and which is the hardest to do? So for me, my favorites were probably vault and floor because I was more uh, strong than anything else. So those were my favorites. And then for me, bars was always a challenge because I always had trouble developing what we called my swing. So um, those were my strengths and weaknesses. Okay. So, so you were good, like you're like really good at flipping around and stuff or? Yeah, that's yeah. what I really enjoyed doing. Okay. That's cool. When's the last time you flipped? Oh, many moons ago. I've done <laughs> cartwheels and my, my kids keep challenging me, but this, this 50 plus year old body should not be putting itself in harm's way. I wouldn't, I, you do not look 50 plus by the way, Rose. So, um, wow. That's, that's exciting. Okay. All right. So, all right. So you didn't go to your Air Force Academy. Where did you go to? So I went to the University of Notre Dame um, and was there. And then I transferred to Rutgers University. My father got sick when mm. I was in college. And so transferred back to New Jersey to sort of be closer and be able to kind of be there. Um, and then he passed away um, mm. during my senior year. I see. Okay. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Must have been a tough time. But um, you, so you went, you're at Rutgers and you must have studied something what was your undergrad in? Because you didn't go right to medical school, correct? Oh, no, I did. So my you undergraduate did. was in biochemistry. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah, I was kind of on that path. I um, So my father was a Cuban immigrant. Mm -hmm. And growing up, I um, saw his challenges in terms of the workforce. Uh, I was about six years old when I remember the you don't remember probably, but remember the gas lines and people being laid off and a lot of the economic crisis really when Jimmy Carter was president. And so mm -hmm. for me, um, I needed to have security in my job no matter what. Yeah. And while I sort of thought that I'd get a PhD, somebody once said to me, um, you should get an MD because that's more secure. And that always sat with me. And so I um, couldn't imagine having a job that wasn't a guaranteed job. And as long as I do my work, I have a job. Um, almost yeah. anywhere. And so that really was for me, the thing that made me choose medicine over science, over a pure science career. And I knew I could always do an MD PhD or that type of work. So right, right, that's why I ended right. up where I was. Did you, did your, so did you, a big part of your um, work ethic come from looking at your, watching your parents or? Yes. So um, my mom stayed at home, but my dad always worked and worked pretty hard, multiple jobs to mm -hmm. give us what he wanted us to have. And so that was a that's a bit, pretty, pretty big piece. Um, I remember my dad going to job interviews and scoping them out in terms of where they were the day before and then leaving two hours early to make sure that he was there on time. And wow. so I will say that I didn't hold that all the time, but um, that probably is a, a driving piece for me. Wow, that's 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 cool. Um, so, you, so you went to University of Michigan uh, for medical school, correct? Did you go? Okay, so then I read like on your on your bio, like the Howard Hughes Medical mm -hmm. Institute. Was that in between medical school and residency, or after residency? So the Howard Hughes um, Fellowship Program is actually a during medical school. Um, process. So you do your first two years, in most cases, um, your first two years of basic science, like preclinical, and mm. then you take time and you do your research piece, and then you go back to the clinical years. I see. Okay. So then what did you, what did you do at Howard Hughes? So I, I was in the program. I was at Michigan, mm. 
but I was a Howard Hughes fellow and my work was not emergency medicine. Um, <laughs> we were looking at neutrophil activation um, and how different, um, different extracellular matrix proteins would activate neutrophils because neutrophil activation is an important thing, obviously, in inflammation. So it plays a role in um, cardiac disease. It plays a role in cancer. And our lab was in hematology, oncology. And so we were specifically interested in certain types of cancers and, and excuse me, individuals mm -hmm. that had receptor deficits and how that looked. And we could study the roles of receptors using these individuals' um, cell lines. Oh, that's, that's pretty cool. It, it's, so it sounds like it was bench science? It was all bench science. Wow. Wow. Did you get the, did you get the research bug in undergrad or when you, hit the, when you got to medical school? When did that come in? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I honestly, I would try to think back. I don't know. It was something that like I thought I'd like doing. And so I did it. I didn't have any experience before then okay. at all, really. Yeah. Um, and I liked it. I thought that I would continue in, in bench, bench science after I finished residency. That was my plan. Mm -hmm. um, and then at that time, there really weren't fellowships. There were very few fellowships in general for emergency medicine. I think tox, hyperbarics, um, mm -hmm. peds, obviously, but that was really it. There really wasn't much. And so carving out a bench research career would, took some work. And I wasn't sold on it. So I actually took a job out of residency in Detroit. The plan was just for a year to sort of figure out where I could, you know, where I could go, what it would look like to pursue that line. And I ended up in Detroit for, I don't know, eight plus years. So um, not doing bench research. So it just, you know, and that's how I think those things work a lot of times. How did, uh, yeah, you, um, how did you choose emergency medicine, especially since you were so interested in um, more traditional uh, yeah. forms of research? I, I think I, the one thing I knew about myself was if I didn't, if I had a job that you could always be on, I'd always be on. And so I needed a job where when I left, I left. And um emergency medicine sort of fit that. I also liked everything with it, with the exception of a hand. I mean, I even liked my psych rotation. So I liked it all. I think that's a common thing for all of us, right? We like doing a lot of things. I really enjoyed surgery. Um, but the pieces I enjoyed was going to the ED and doing the evaluations, not necessarily the procedural piece in the OR. And so, you know, and somebody said, if you don't absolutely have to be in the OR, then you shouldn't like, you should really reconsider surgery. And that's what I did. And so I ended up in emergency medicine. I see. I gotcha. And then, okay. So then you, you know, you, you do your, your, your medical school, medical school residency was at university of Cincinnati, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, um, and you, and you, and you said you start, you went back to Detroit after mm -hmm. that. And at that point, did you start getting into your kind of your research areas of expertise? So I started out just with a full clinical job. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that even that felt so much better than residency, right, in terms of work and things like that. And so I had a model from Cincinnati about what attending should do in terms of teaching and those types of things. So I was like, well, what do you need me to teach? What do you need me to do? And this might make some people chuckle knowing me now, but they were like, well, if you want to give this lecture and do this and that. And so I did this and that. Yeah. And um, pretty early on, 
there was an opening as an assistant program director. So I actually was at, um, in that role. And then several months after that, the person who was supposed to run our, it wasn't even ours, it was a simulation center at our allied health building. That's where the simulation center initially lived. They mm -hmm. said, hey, we need somebody to run this. And our chair at the time had enough forethought because this was 2004. So simulation wow. was like not a thing right. to know what it could mean if we ran it and we had access as a mm -hmm. department. Mm -hmm. So I said, sure. Um, so knowing nothing about any of it, um, I stepped into that role. And, uh, and that's sort of where it kind of started for me. Wow. That's, that, that is so fortuitous. Like just stepping into that without any background or knowledge and then it becoming as huge as it is, as it is now. Yeah. yeah. Well, what happened was I, um, I identified a course, uh, that I could take. And I thought the course was going to teach me how to actually run the mannequin. Um, mm -hmm. we had this super complex mannequin there that, um, Dr. Patterson and I always, we sort of laugh about because nothing needed to ever be that complicated. And, she was already ahead of me in simulation, but she knows exactly what I mean. I thought I was learning how to run that. And what I was actually learning how to do was to teach teams and teamwork using simulation. That's what the course really was geared toward. And so I learned a ton, but I also, that's where I got in the idea of doing research in that area because it, it was like a light bulb moment when people started to talk about teamwork. And I thought about all the things that I saw go not quite right. And it was mm -hmm. almost always not about an individual. It was almost always about either the team or the system not functioning the way we really want it to and or the way it should to be effective. And so that's where I started um, thinking, hey, I can do this research. And it sort of built from there. Wow. So it, so it came from so the, the simulation experience there and what you're observing naturally led to the the topics that you wanted to explore it sounds like yeah yes so yeah. my my research isn't really around education per se um as much as some of our faculty that's their piece mine is more mm -hmm. around um understanding how teams fail to or successfully um complete their task and mission wow that's 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 cool and and so okay so then um just in, in talking to dr patterson and you um, you've both talked and educated me a lot about um, human factors engineering, and I don't think most people understand what that is. And I, I didn't. I kind of knew about it because I was in a, a civil engineering as an undergrad, and I had friends who were in industrial engineering. And I see, you know, you're a you're a, a faculty, a courtesy faculty in the uh, Department of Industrial and Systems Engineering. So can you explain like how that became part of your research or how you got into that, um, and what that is, maybe just for everyone? Yeah. So. Um... So for me, I, my focus is really on the teams aspect of um, human factors, but the idea of human factors engineering is how humans um, work within their system environment to execute their work. And so when I started thinking about this team, teamwork thing, you know, I sat down at a computer and I did what many of us do when we want to understand something. I did a lit search. Um, at that time, there wasn't like Google Scholar and things like that. But I went to PubMed and I did my little search and um, like thousands and thousands of articles popped up and I tried to read them. And if anybody's ever tried to read an article in the social sciences, which is kind of human factors, even though it's engineering, it's kind of on the social sciences. And um, they're like 40 pages long. 
So I used to print these out. I'd sit and I'd try to read them and I needed like uh, to keep a list of terminology next to me so I could try and understand them. And I quickly realized that I was out of my element. I, I, I did not have the expertise. So I actually cold emailed someone who came up in some of my lit reviews who happened to be at Michigan State University, which is about an hour and 15 minutes from Detroit. And he happens to be the leading expert on teamwork in what we call action teams. So the teams we lead are considered action teams because they come together quickly, often ad hoc. They don't have prior experience with each other. So it really is a special kind of team to study. And he was interested and I went up there and at the time, just so you know, I had like VHS tapes of simulations. That's how long ago it was. (laughs) And I brought these VHS tapes and I said, this is what we do. Is there something we can start to study? And that started about a 15 year collaboration um, with somebody who was actually an expert in the things that I wanted to study and understand. Because I think without that, I would have never gotten to the place that I am um, because I wouldn't have had the expertise. Wow is is this the is this the person that you and Dr. Patterson have both spoke of who sadly passed a few? No, years ago? That's, no? Um, that's so yeah, that's a different that's so that's Bob Wears and yeah. um, and he is just extraordinary. I mean, yeah. um, his expertise is a little bit more on the well, his expertise is everything. Honestly, this gentleman was amazing, but um, on the systems end, which is where Dr. Patterson's expertise sits as well. She's mm-hmm. really more of a She's interested in systems level stuff, whereas my I'm like one rung down, if you will, and looking at teams. But mm-hmm. we share the same language. But um, Bob was amazing when I was um, when I was in Detroit. There there used to be a grant that was co-sponsored between SAEM and an, an organization that doesn't exist anymore. But it was called the Emergency Medicine Patient Safety Foundation, EMPSF, and they had a grant that was like $50,000 or something. And I wanted to apply for it and I needed a mentor. And so um, some, not Mary, I, um, one of my faculty said, well, I'll reach out and I'll connect you with Bob and see if he'll do it. And like, never talked to me before, had no reason to help me, but agreed to be a mentor on my grant. And, um, you know, and he's, he's just, he was, he knew everything about everything. When you would ask him, I remember asking him a question about skill decay and him sending me this seminal article from like 1940 something. Um, and, you know, it's like obviously like mimeographed at some point and all those kinds of things. Um, but he just knew everything about everything. And he was just an incredible giving person and, and knowledge base. That's that's so cool. That's like, that's a neat story. I like that. I like that a lot. I like people like that where they just yeah. have this this encyclopedic knowledge of of, of topics or subjects. That's just really, so he, so Do, so Bob Weir was a mentor to to, to mm-hmm. you, correct? And this other and this other gentleman at, at Michigan State or a woman was it? Um, who is it, that? Yeah, no. so that's mm-hmm. Steve Kozlowski. So he mm-hmm. is a PhD in industrial and organizational psychology. And um, yes, I learned a ton working with him. I you know we brought me and my team brought the medical expertise. He and his team brought the, you know, the psychology piece. And, you know, it took a long time for us to kind of build a common language uh, mm-hmm. because we talk about things and mean different things. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, we were able to, I mean, we had multiple grants together, um, published together, and it was really a fruitful relationship. And I, 
you know, even when I moved to, to Seattle, I mean, we kept our, we kept writing grants together and things like that. So we were able to, ca- to collaborate over distance. Wow. Wow. That's, that's, is, is, this, is, is he still a mentor of yours? Or uh, I guess at this point, do you have, I mean, at this point when you're still into your career this far, do you still, do you have people that still mentor you or are you? Abs- yes, yeah. I do. So I have a coach, which I can talk yeah. about that a little bit. Sure, I, would I about that. definitely have yeah. mentors and I, my yeah. junior faculty mentor me too, because whether they know it or not, when I, you know, am able to look at how um, Nick Maldonado teaches or, mm-hmm. Meredith Thompson makes decisions about curriculum and, you know, all of you, whether you know it or not, um, display something that I would like to bring to my work in life. And so, so absolutely. Um, Dr. Patterson's, I think I would could say is a formal mentor. Um, Mark Siegel, who, mm-hmm. you know, is our yes. senior associate dean, yes. um, yeah. is definitely a mentor for me. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think you always have those, those people. Wow, that's, and and and, and I, I read that you're a UF master mentor, so you actually took specialized training in being a mentor, correct? At UF, yeah, they have a course, and I recommend it to people. Um, I, you know, it 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 was interesting because our cohort was almost exclusively PhDs. I think there was one other MD, hmm. um, so they were focused on very different things. However, it was important for me to remember that our world is just one microcosm of the university. And mm-hmm. so it really was a reminder of what it means to work with graduate students and, and that mentorship of them looks different than a resident. And, and, you know, those kinds of things were, were very, very helpful. Oh, wow. That's, well, we, we, we all appreciate it. And, and I can say in a personal level, I've already been at, you know, so much benefited from your mentorship. And, and, and so thank you for passing it forward, I guess. It's a joy. It is. <laughs> I think, well, I tell you, you can enjoy it. Yeah, you do. I know you do. You really do enjoy it. I can see that. Um, so tell me, okay, th- there's another program that you um, are part of this year. And um, when I read about it uh, a number of months ago, I was just, I was just blown away. Can you talk about the, the, fel- uh, the executive leadership in academic medicine, the ELAM program at Drexel yeah. and your experience there? Yeah. So I'm um, two thirds of the way done. Um, it's thank you. Cause it's, it's mm-hmm. been a journey. Um, so it's, it's a year long program for, uh, women in academic medicine. And, um, I think there are three, two of us, three of us in emergency medicine that are part of it. Um, but many of the women are in, you know, all uh, sorts of other specialties, some are PhDs. So it's a really varied group when we get together, we have three week long um, meetings and then we have coursework that we have to do in between and we're put in learning groups. So we have to do little projects and we did a simulated budget for a medical school and those kinds of things. So it really, it tackles all sorts of topics uh-huh. that are important to leadership. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've learned a ton uh, it is a lot of work, a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's why I emphasize I'm two thirds of the way done. <laughs> yes. But, um, you know, as um, and as an introvert, I really worked hard to try and do my networking because I'm a terrible networker. Um, it's something that I desperately need to improve. Um, I'm the person like standing against the wall watching people go by. But um, it sort of forced me out of that comfort level a little bit. That's good. And I, and, and I, this is a huge honor too. Like, I, I think that, 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 I don't know if people understand, like it's, you, you have to be nominated for this or um, how's that yeah. work? Yeah. So the, the, 
the college can put forth as many as two people a year. So I applied and I was really lucky enough to be selected as one of the two that went forward. And then I was lucky enough to be um, chosen to, to participate. So uh, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely been um, something that I, I think it will be somewhat career changing and uh, some ways validating, you know, you get to realize that a, everybody's trying to work on the same problems you are and B, everybody has different types of knowledge. So when people start talking about research things and others are like, I have no idea what that is. I'm like, I do. Um, <laughs> likewise, when they start talking about some of the finance and budget pieces, I've really spent a lot of energy trying to, um, to learn that. One of my mentors now is Scott Sumner, who's the CFO of the college. Oh, yeah, right. So mm-hmm. I really work to, um, to try and build that knowledge piece because that has never been part of my experience at all. Right. We have no as emergency doctors. We have no training about budgeting for departments and things like that. Right. So, yeah, but um, that's no, once again, that's, it's so cool that you're doing this and you, and you're, and you're completing this program. I know our, our, our Dean went through the program as well. I had, I had read, correct. Yes. So, I think we've yeah. had, we have like, I think 10, maybe more what they call e, they call them elums. So, yes. Um, so we have a, a fair number of people here who have to have done the program. And the dean was very kind and had a lunch um, so I could meet all of those folks. And it was it was great to talk to some of the other um, women in the program that were at our institution. That's incredible, Rose. Um, uh, so, you, you know, you, you've you, a lot of work with that, obviously. And then you have I feel like you wear so many hats in our department and outside of department. Um, I mean, you have your research, you actually do work shifts still. <laughs> and, and then you've got, you know, you do our faculty development and mentorship. And then do you have six active grants right now? Is that? I don't think do it's have? quite six. six? Um, I think I, I have probably four. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, and, you know, things ebb and flow, right? So yeah. the world, you know, you can't do it all. At the, I, I always, I tell everyone, like, you can't do all of it all the time at the same time. Um and so I've been really lucky that, you know, sometimes something sits for a minute. There's more I'd always love to do with faculty development. And I'm going to try to win the war, not the battle. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, you know, you do the best you can. Um, I have been much less involved in actively writing grants. I used to put in two or three a year and I just can't can't do that now. And that's OK. Mm-hmm. Um and um, but I'm doing stuff that I really like doing right now. So it's all good. There was something that you had said during our faculty orientation that I really liked. It's something that you I think your your husband says to you or you say you say back and forth or it's the saying that I thought was wonderful for getting stuff done. You got to share it for everyone. Because Is that the um, you how do you eat an elephant yes. one bite at a time? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I had never heard that. And my husband started saying it to my kids. And so now it's something that I use because we all think we have to do everything right away all the time. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, you know, we are all works in progress. And so we're all trying to eat that elephant and um, we probably never will. Right. But um, mm-hmm. that's kind of, yeah, I still use it with the kids. It's the same, <laughs> the same as like, you know, yeah, I, you can't do it now. Right. Uh-huh. Like you right. don't know how now, but right. you will. Um, and so it's just about helping people get to that point where yeah. they can do it. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. So you mentioned your kids and your and your husband. So tell me about your family. I hear uh, football and track and field play uh, uh, roles in the, in, in the family. 
Yeah. So um, my husband played division one football. So um, I always knew that if I had boys, which I have two twin boys, that they'd be involved in football. That's, that's what he played. That's what his father played. That's what their uncle plays. So um, they're very involved. They've been playing since they were six years old, um, which looks like bobbleheads, like kind of running down to the field and crashing into them. (laughs) And then their shoes become untied. So the refs have to tie their shoes. Um, it's pretty hilarious, but they're now freshmen in high school and, um, Mm -hmm. now like play for real. And, um, they also, so football season's over, but they run track. So both of my kids, um, throw javelin. Um, and then my one son is a sprinter. And so he also runs the 100 and 200. So we just finished indoor season this past weekend. Um, they don't throw javelin indoors for obvious reasons, but, um, (laughs) Their first meet for the outdoor season is uh, on Saturday. So wow. excited That's about that. That's going to be exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I, do, do you ever get nervous watching your, your, your boys play football, like the, you know, the hits or anything? Or um, I mean, you can kind of always tell somebody got hit hard, like in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they, they're okay. They, they do fine. I, it makes me a little anxious, but um, they don't ski. Mm-hmm. They don't ride their back their bikes down the street. So, like in yeah. the grand scheme, yeah. you know, I I mean, I know people have their feelings about football, yeah. um, but uh, my kids know how to take a hit, sure. they know how to fall, sure. and so it is what it is. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and my, we've been, my one son got had a broken clavicle, and that was uh, seventh grade, and that was our uh-huh. first football injury. Okay. Okay. Um, my 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 mother would watch my my brother played football, and she would go to his football games but she wouldn't come to my wrestling meet she hated watching wrestling for whatever reason it was too violent for her so but i don't know i guess everyone's got their preferences interesting yes. yeah yeah so what okay so what 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 um what makes i guess i didn't ask how you ended up at university of florida but i think it has to do with your research and and, and right correct yeah, so I first ended up at, in Jacksonville, and that was when I was recruited there. Bob Wares, the gentleman that I mm-hmm. mentioned earlier, was there. And it was really the first opportunity I would have had to have a, a mentor in my area of research in emergency medicine, um, which really makes a big difference. And and unfortunately, he passed away right before I got there. Um, and so I was in Jacksonville, and uh, at the time... Um, Adrian uh, Tyndall was the interim dean and Mary Patterson was coming over to run the simulation center. And actually, just to give you an idea of how um, how great Mary is, she was like, you should apply for the the dean's position. And I was like, no, (laughs) that's your job. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, thank you. For many reasons. Um, The last of which is I want to compete with her for a job. Um, But she, they wanted to, um, let me back up just a minute. Um, So simulation centers get accredited from um, one of our organizations and you can be accredited in multiple areas. So um, teaching, assessment, research and systems integration. And so to have the research piece, they really needed a research director. So it worked kind of well because the institution was very motivated to get accredited and they wanted to be accredited across all four um, which there are only a handful of places that have that, and we're one of them. Oh, interesting! Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, so I was brought to kind of be that piece of things. Hmm. Very cool. And then, um, and then on the flip side, what do you think? Um, 
uh, now that you've now that you're here, um, what do you think makes the this our department, University of Florida Emergency Medicine in Gainesville? What do you think makes us special? Oh, the people. That's I mean, that's so easy. Um, our people are so amazing. I I don't even know how everybody does what they do. I'm floored. I was at the last year, I was at the chairs meeting and I can't even remember who sent it. It might have been Connor Nichols sends me this text that has a picture that Tierra Smith drew. It's like a charcoal or pencil drawing. Amazing. Really? Amazing. And I was like, who knew? Like oh. Who knew she could do that? And then yeah. you have Giuliano with his work. And mm-hmm. I mean, and then there's just how hard people work, like mm-hmm. just how selfless and how hard they work and how much pride everybody takes in what they do. And, you know, you have the education group who, you know, puts themselves in front of the residents and says, you're not, you know, protecting them, making sure they are graduate as strong, confident physicians. It, it it just, it's all over the place. Our operations, our freestanding faculty work tirelessly in challenging conditions. I, I'm always amazed. So that's, that's a no brainer. It will never be the place. It will always be the people. I love that. That's great. I love that. All right. Final thing. Um, what about any hobbies or favorite restaurants you want to highlight? So David Crabb here introduced me to Alpen Bistro and that is probably most like a, your typical Seattle restaurant, which I mean, I love Gainesville, but let's be real. It can't match the Seattle food scene. Um, <laughs> but I really like that place. And then we live up on, the, we live in the Northwest, like in the North sort of Northwest side. Mm-hmm. And um, my kids love crafty bastards. So mm-hmm. uh, we end up um, there not infrequently either, or with their takeout. Um, it's, it's a bar, but they have a pretty decent bar uh, beer list. I will so, definitely have to check those out. Yeah, that one's worth Alpen Bistro is really good. Yeah. good. Um, yeah. So those are probably um, my favorites here. Hobbies, mm-hmm. honestly, I'm just about every weekend I'm at some sporting something. So um, I am perfectly willing to admit that downtime on the sofa watching reruns of The Office with my one son is down is a hobby. Um, I like to cook, but not when I have to. And since most times I have to, it's uh, I'm not as exploratory as I'd like to be. Those are hobbies, kids, sports watching <laughs> and reruns. That, that, those are totally acceptable hobbies. Well, well cause that's what they are. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rose, we are, we are so lucky to have you as our, um, as our, uh, like our, our faculty development person and our colleague and mentor. So thank you for coming on here and sharing so much about yourself and your life. Well, thank you. This is, you're doing this. This is great. I know it's very much loved and appreciated. So thank you for having me. That's all for this episode. Special thanks to our chair, Dr. Mary Patterson, for supporting this podcast and to Dr. Giuliano Deporto for composing our theme music. I'm Michael Petrauskas. Be well. <laughs>